You're listening to the Elevate Main Podcast. To learn more about Elevate, visit our website at www.elevate.org.ph. We hope you enjoy today's talk. Hello everyone! Welcome to our final week of our series, When God Seems Silent. We are also in our, seventh, I think, 74th or 75th day of quarantine, and I am I'm praying that you are still well, uh, you are still sane, okay ka pa rin, even though every day ka nasa bahay lang, and I think some of you, you are tasked to go out to buy grocery and stuff like that. But I pray that you're healthy, and I pray that your family is also healthy and well provided for. Especially some people, they lost their jobs or hirap sila financially and some businesses are affected. So I pray that your family is well, even financially well. And I know God is never fails to provide for us. And I know God is always good. So, and I'm glad that you're with us today. You can still watch this and you can still listen to these messages. Uh, we have been going through the series, if, if this is your first time to watch with us, we've been going through the series because we want to learn the characteristic of God, of God being sovereign. Because He is sovereign. And we define that in this series. What do I mean when you say God is sovereign? When you say God is sovereign, He's the ruler. He's the king. And when He's the king, He is in control. Meaning to say, even though we feel like this is insane, all of the things that are happening in this world is crazy, He is still in control. And then He is supreme. He has this final say. He is the supreme ruler. And He has the ultimate power to do what he wants to do. And in the series, we have, been, we have been going through the book of Esther, the life of Esther, yung father niya si Mordecai, who adopted her kasi namatay yung parents ni Esther, and the Jewish people when they were under the Persian Empire. And in that book, we don't see God's name, but we will see His hand everywhere, working mightily. And totoo nga sinabi dun sa song, even though we don't see Him moving, He is moving. Even though we don't see him doing something, he is doing something in our midst. So in the book of Esther, this is how we can summarize God's hand working in that area. In chapter 1, we saw how God removed the queen, Queen Vashni in power. The frustrate seeking Xerxes, eventually uh, queen is gone, he's no longer the queen. And then in chapter 2, nagkaroon ng beauty pageant. And so, sovereign daming beautiful people in that area, the one who won and became the queen was Esther because God allowed Esther the Jew to become queen. She found favor in the eyes of the assistants, the eunuchs, and eventually the king. And in chapter 3, we saw that God made sure Haman picked the last month. What do I mean by that? If you remember the story, the Jewish people had an enemy. Ang enemy nila si Haman who was the second in command during that time. Because when Haman was passing by, he saw Mordecai, he didn't bow down to Haman, but the others bowed down because Haman didn't, because Mordecai didn't want Haman to think that he's like a god, it's against his culture, it's against his religious beliefs, he believes in Yahweh, he only worships Yahweh, so that's what Mordecai believes. So because of that, Haman was so angry, he wanted not just for Mordecai to die, but to annihilate the entire Jewish people. And then he proposed a date. Pero para ma-discover niya kung ano date na yon, he cast lot. So maybe there was a bowl, and then nag-bumunod siya, and then what he got, I mean, that was just, some people might say it's pure luck that it was the last month, but I believe it was God's hand moving. Na ang nabunod niya was the last month of the year. It was the first month when he did yung pagbunod, when he casted the lot, and he picked the last month. So ample time, 
to prepare for the Jewish people. And then in chapters 4 and 5, God gave Esther courage to approach the king. Because when Mordecai and the entire Jewish people heard about the plans of Haman, and there was a letter spread all over the kingdom, that there's this certain date that every single one of them will be annihilated, Mordecai appealed to Esther. Esther, God placed you there. And Esther was scared because she was thinking, nobody can enter and go to the king's court without being someone. If I go there and in the Okinawan king, the king could kill me or he could extend the gold scepter and then I can speak to him. So by God's grace and by God's work, he had, she had the courage and she was able to approach the king. And then in, chapters, in chapter 6, there was a situation there where Xerxes couldn't sleep. Bakit he couldn't sleep? How come it was during the time that Esther was approaching them? It was because during the time that he couldn't sleep, he asked his assistants to read the Chronicle or what happened in their recent history. And he found out that Mordecai protected him from the two guards who were, who, who were trying to assassinate him. So then he asked his assistants, did we give him like something? Did we uh, honor him because with this? And then they, they said, no, nothing has been done for Mordecai. And then as, as a result of that, could, he couldn't sleep and he read the Chronicle. He realized, Let's, we need to honor Mordecai. So that's again God's work. That was God's work. Chronicle, right? And then in chapter 7 to 9, God used King Xerxes to protect the Jewish people. A pagan king, someone who doesn't believe in Yahweh, someone who doesn't follow the Lord, suddenly became the protector of the entire Jewish people. That he decided with his signet ring, okay, this is what the Jewish people will do. They will defend themselves and the others will support the Jewish people. And not just that, in chapter 10, King Xerxes made Mordecai, through, of course, God was the one who made Mordecai second in command to Xerxes. He was the one who allowed Xerxes to make this decision. He was the one who influenced the heart of Xerxes to mold his heart so that he would give the final say, okay, Mordecai, you will replace Haman. You are second most powerful person in the entire Persian Empire. Imagine, it was the most powerful empire during that time. And the second most powerful person in that empire was a Jewish person named Mordecai. This was all God. These things were all God's work, God's hand. You won't see His name, but you will see His hand everywhere. And you know, looking at this summary, I realized that, when, when, that God is in control even when things seem out of control. God is in control in our situation right now, in this pandemic, with what's happening in our government, with what's happening in the production of the vaccine, with what's happening in the businesses, with what's happening in your finances, even if we feel that things seem out of control, because let's be honest, diba? Parang, parang out of control ng things eh. Parang hindi mo na maintindihan paano mo sasoldo. But, with that story, I realized that God is still in control. Because He is sovereign. Because He is King. He doesn't lose the power of being king just because things are out of control. No, he is still king. It will not, problems, challenges will not dethrone him as the king. He is king forever. He is in control forever. Even if we feel things seem out of control. Because of this truth, 
Our topic for today, as we close this series, is this one. God is sovereign. Rest in Him. Can you say that with me? God is sovereign. So what's our response? We should rest in Him. Can you just tell, maybe type in there to your D group members, to your friends, can you just tell them, rest in Him, rest in the Lord. Hindi matulog ha? Hindi ka matutulog ngayon. You're gonna listen to this message. But let me define that. Because some people, they don't understand what it means to rest in the Lord. This is what it means when you say you rest in the Lord. When we rest in the Lord, resting in the Lord means you have peace instead of worry. You have peace instead of your worry. You have joy instead of frustration. There is joy. Because when you are rested in the Lord, of course, you have peace, you are comforted, and instead of just worrying too much, instead of just thinking about things that are out of our control, you know the things that are happening in this world, even with our country? It's out of our control. We can do something, but majority of it is out of our control. So we need to rest in the Lord, because when we rest in the Lord, we will have peace. It doesn't mean that hindi ka gagalaw. I'm not saying that, okay, I'm just going to be stagnant here. Yet, pala, rest in the Lord. No. But the, the condition of your heart is there's peace. The condition of your heart, there's joy instead of frustration. You know, a lot of people are frustrated with what's happening. With what's happening around us, with what's happening maybe in your business, in your, in your work. Or for some of you studying, or for a lot of you studying, you're frustrated because you don't know what's going to happen. For some of you, maybe excited ka na one year, baka walang pasok, sabi ni... President, right? Now, okay, hanggang walang vaccine, walang paso. But a lot of you, I think, you don't like that. Because of course, you want to see your friends. You want to go out. You want to uh, somehow learn. You, want, you, don't wanna, you, want, you don't want delays. Because you want to graduate on time, right? So there's frustration. But when we are rested in the Lord, our heart condition has joy. There's joy in our hearts. That in spite of the things that we don't like, there's joy. Because we know who's in control. And when I'm rested in the Lord, there's security instead of fear. Because some are afraid. What if wala na akong pera? What if wala, wala na akong makain? What if magkasakit any of our family members? What if ganito mangyari? What if sa sobrang delay ko, wala na, mawala na ako ng purpose? What if madepress ako and stuff like that? Instead of having fear of the uncertain things, there's security. Because we're rested in the Lord. Meaning to say, you're holding on in the Lord or on the Lord. You're trusting the Lord. You are depending on the Lord. You're not depending on yourself, on what's around us. Kasi, di ba, if you depend on, on what's around us, sobrang fragile. Wala kang security talaga. If you depend on money, if you depend on other people, and ito ha, even if you depend on the government, even if you depend on people that you think is doing something. Uh, ah, itong mga tao na to, they're doing something. I mean, that's good that they're doing something, but it's never enough. That's why we need to be rested in the Lord. And then, when you're rested in the Lord, there's purpose instead of paralysis. You know, some people right now, they're paralyzed. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't move properly. And some, sad to say, I read this article, na some are on the verge of depression, on the verge of just so down, discouraged, emotionally, there's emotional baggage, emotional heaviness, and they just couldn't move. They feel like life is useless. They are paralyzed. But people who are rested in the Lord, they see their purpose in the midst of this calamity. 
Do you want to have something like that? And maybe some of you, that's what you're longing for. That's why we need to see that He is sovereign, God is sovereign, so we can rest in Him. And finally, like what I said, when I say rested in the Lord, I'm also saying that we are living for God. Kaya sinabi ko, we're not, we're not stagnant na lang. When you say rested in Lord, tulog ka lang ang tulog, okay? You are still living for God, doing what He wants you to do, doing your part, praying, uh, obeying Him, being faithful to Him, instead of living for men. Because you know what? Some people, the reason why they're not rested in the Lord, they live for themselves. They live for other people. They live for their crush, for the person that they like. They live for, the, uh, for, the, for their success. That's living for men. Living for men will result to insecurity. Living for men will result to frustration. Living for men will cause a lot of worries. We will be afraid and maybe we're going to get paralyzed. But when we live for God, when we do things that He wants, when we please Him in the way that we speak, in the way that we live our lives, then that means we are rested in the Lord. Meaning to say, ang tendency kasi natin, for example, there's a situation right? Ito na yung mga feeling mo, ito yung tama, ito yung tama eh. And then makikita mo yung sinasabi ni God sa scriptures na, wait, ito yung tama sinasabi ni Lord eh. Kahit na feeling ko ito yung tama, ito dapat yung gawin ko kasi I'm living for God. If I do these things, I tell you, there will be frustration. There will be negativity in your hearts. You will have heaviness, emotional heaviness in your hearts. But if you do what God wants you to do, you follow Him, you live for Him, I tell you, you're going to have peace, joy, security, there's a purpose, and you will be rested. That's what it means when you say you rest in the Lord. Jesus Christ, let's read this together. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So if we want the rest, we come to Him. We go to Him. We go to His ways. We follow His kingdom. We don't follow what we feel is right, what we think na ito yung logical na yung season na to eh. This response is what is necessary this season. This act, act should be what I do, or should be the things that I do this season. This is what's logical. For some people, ito yung nila. And that's not what it means when you say we come to the Lord. If we want the rest, instead of looking at what we think is logical, we go to God and say, wait a minute. Banggain ko sa scripture. Sabi ni God, love. Sabi ni God, be at peace. Sabi ni God, trust in. Sabi ni God, let go. Sabi ni God, come to Him. Pray to Him. Surrender to Him. Do my part in obeying Him. And then, He will give you rest. Ang ganda, di ba? And then look at the next part. Take my yoke upon you. In other words, you know what he's saying? This is the yoke of the world. Meaning to say, it's a picture of uh, uh, parang he- a burden na nakalagay sa isang animal. Uh, it's a farming term that they use the yoke. They put it at the back of that animal. So instead of taking your burden, your yoke, you take God's yoke. Yung papagawa niya. So instead of taking this side of what you feel is right. You don't go there. You don't take that burden because those things are unbearable and God doesn't want you to bear certain things. Oh, let me repeat that. There are burdens in this world that God doesn't want you to carry. Do you understand that? There are burdens in this world that God doesn't want you to carry. A lot of people are carrying burdens 
that they're meant that they're not meant to carry. And as a result of that, there's no peace, they worry, there's frustration, they're not rested, and they're paralyzed. That's why God is saying to us, take his yoke and learn from him. Because as we learn, as we take that yoke and learn from him, we realize. Oo nga, no? Ito pala yung pinapagawa ni Lord. And then we can test. Ikokonek mo yan. This is isang passage sa Romans 12, chapters 1 and 2. Test His will and you will see that it is good, pleasing, and perfect. We will learn that. We cannot learn it if we don't take His yoke. Do you get that the, the analogy, the, the, the connection there? We cannot learn from Him if we don't take His yoke. If we don't go to Him. If we don't come to Him. And why will we learn? Why will we be rested? Because He is gentle, humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. It's a beautiful picture of what God wants to happen in your life and in my life. So what's our message again? God is sovereign. Rest in Him. Can you type there? Relax. Relax ka lang, bro. Relax ka lang, sis. Again, I'm not saying you're not going to do anything, but your heart your stature, your spirit, your soul is relaxed because you're rested in the Lord. So let's go to our story as we end this series on the book of Esther. So what happened? You remember what happened, right? The king has already signed the decree that the Jewish people can protect themselves. So after 12 months, chapter 9, after 12 months, on the 13th day of the 12th month, the day that they're going to defend themselves and the enemies are going to attack them. So what happened? The month of Adar, the edict commanded by the king, was to be carried out. On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them. Alam mo, crazy dito. Some people, or a lot of people during that time, in that kingdom, still believe they can destroy the Jewish people. They were angry at the Jewish people. So they were hopeful. Kaya natin to. And you will learn later how many yung nila. But now the tables were turned and the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them because of the law, because of the sign edict. And then the Jews assembled in their cities in all, all over the kingdom, all over the provinces of King Xerxes to attack those determined to destroy them. So imagine they were preparing. I don't, uh, I'm just imagining the picture here that they all had their weapons. They were preparing in the middle of the city. The, the Jewish people were there. And then the enemies were surrounding them. But here's the thing. They were more than their enemies because no one could stand against them. Because the people of all other nationalities were afraid of them. In other words, yung iba, kumapisa ka lang. Yung iba, hindi na sumama doon sa mga kaaway ng Jewish people. Siguro ni mga they were thinking, hey guys, we need to gather millions of soldiers here to destroy the Jewish people. And then they found out, bakit That's God's hand moving in that situation during that time. All the nobles of the provinces, the satraps, the governors, the king's administrators helped the Jews because fear of Mordecai had seized them. Nakakuha pa sila nakakambi. Of course, ang pinakakambi nila si Lord. But God used people, the nobles, yung mga mayayaman sa provinces, so imagine na kalaban mo yung mga noble people, those who were in authority, the satraps, the governors. So the governor in every province, you know what they did? They supported the Jewish people. Ah, you need weapons. Sige, sige, we will support you. Ah, you need, uh, you need, you want to assemble during this day. Sige, we'll allow you to assemble. But there's these people trying to kill us. Oh, sige, we'll send some troops to help you. Imagine the support that the Jewish people got. And then the Jews shut down all their enemies. 
with the sword, killing and destroying them. And they did what they pleased to those who hated them. You know what I realized? I realized that God is all-powerful. Why can we rest in Him? Because He's all-powerful. Look at what happened here. Going against God is crazy. Going against His people is also crazy. God promised to protect His people. You know what I believe the Jewish people remembered? They remembered Isaiah chapter 41. What did God say through Isaiah? Do not fear. He's talking to the Israelites. He's telling them they're going to be in exile. Babylonian Empire pa nun. You're going to be in exile in the Babylonian Empire. You're going to have enemies. Sinabi ni God sa Israelites. But do not fear. So in other words, God will allow us to have enemies. God will allow us to have tough times. God will allow us to have problems. But He also promised for us not to fear. Uh, he also commanded us not to fear because He promised that He is with us. That's what He said to the Israelites. Do not fear what? I am with you. Connected to Psalm 23, di ba? I will fear no evil. Why? Ano sabi ni David? For you are with me. Yan ang karakteristik ni God. He allows us to go through dark valleys. He allows us to, he allows us to go through tough situations. He will allow us to have problems, enemies, calamities, earthquakes, problems, challenges in life. But He's gonna be with us. With us. Kasi yung presence niya will empower us. Do not be dismayed. Why? I am your God. Now the question is, is He your God? Because if He's not our God, if He's not your God, then you have a big, big problem. If He's not your God, then you're against Him. It's either you're for Him or you're not. Because if it's not your, He's not our God, your God, then He's not with us. He's not going to protect us. We're not going to experience His power. I will strengthen you. Look at this promise. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will lift you up. That's what He was saying. All who rage, all who rage against you will surely be ashamed. And disgrace. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Don't you worry. Whatever those problems are in life, those things, whatever enemies, whatever challenges, nothing can stop God's power. Nothing can overthrow God. He is king, He is sovereign, He is in control. We can rest in Him. Let me show you some examples of how powerful God is. How powerful is God? Ito some examples. Of course, we know naman God is powerful. Pero gusto ko nang makita nito. So that we, we realize now, wait a minute. Sobra talaga siyang powerful. Why will I go against Him? And why will I fear? Look at one example, a few examples. One, ito, one of His angels. If you look at the scriptures. One of His angels killed 185,000 soldiers. You can read that in 2 Kings 19-35. One. Of his angels killed 185,000 soldiers in one day. Now, I don't know how many angels God has, but imagine that. Even if you have 2 million, 2 billion soldiers, if it will only take this is just one angel. What if he has a thousand? What if he has 10,000? You do the math. That's just so powerful. That's even just the angel, not even God's power. Look at this. He controls water and the weather. Genesis chapter 6. He destroyed the entire, uh, the, 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 all the people except for Noah and his family. He can destroy the entire, entire nations, the entire world with just one snap, with just one blow. He controls water. You remember Moses parted the Red Sea? He did that. He controls the ground. 
This is in number 1632, when the earth opened, swallowed Korah, yung mga against God. The earth opened where they were standing, the earth opened and swallowed all of them. O patay. Sabihin natin, hindi niya gagamit yung angel. Ang daming kalaban, daming kalaban ni God against him. He could just open the earth, boom, patay. Imagine, he controls the water, he controls the earth, the weather. He can make fire rain down from heaven. In Genesis 19, Sodom and Gomorrah, verse 24, fire coming down from heaven. Kung magaling, mahili ka manood ng mga, ay mahili ka maglaro ng mga RPG, right? Mga role-playing games. Di ba may mga elements doon na papalakasin mo? Like lightning, wind, fire, water. Pare, kontrolahan niya lahat. So in other words, the master niya lahat, sumusunod sa kanya lahat, even fire coming down from heaven, destroying nations. And he can turn back time, pati time. In Isaiah 38 verse 8, ito yung he will make the shadow move 10 steps back. That's turning back time. Imagine that. And then he can heal any disease. Psalm 103 verse 3. And finally, ito. The greatest problem or the greatest palaisipan sa majority of the people in this world, death. He overcame death. 2 Timothy 1.10 he, he destroyed the power of death. He died and he rose again. I mean, these things are just a few of the examples of God's power. You know what I realized? Going against God is the worst thing we can do in life. And sad to say, a lot of people are doing that. And they're not aware. Because they force their way. Forcing your way is going against God. Thinking that these things is the right thing to do because you feel it, pero ayaw ni Lord, that's going against God. But when we go to Him, we come to Him, we're saying, Lord, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to respond like this. I'm not going to follow just my heart. I'm going to go to you. I'm going to come to you. And I know, in, in, to pa, He gives us rest. Hindi lang yung protection na because He's powerful. He gives us rest. So why go against Him? Some of you are watching this, this message today. You might be against God. And just looking at those examples of His power, it's crazy. Please. As early as now, don't go against Him. And you know what? In the scriptures, in the Bible, if you read that, one of the characteristics of man that shows that we are against God is pride. Because God is against the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So if we are so proud, we think we're right, we think that this is what will work, we think that doing our own way is what will make us happy, then I tell you, you will end up disappointed. You might feel na, di naman eh, yung ibang tao naman, they, they do these things, they don't have God, they're still happy. Remember what Jesus Christ said? What profits a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul. You may get all that you want here on earth. Yeah, you may do that. But in the end, in the end you got nothing. Because when you die, you don't bring anything, and then you're not with God in heaven. Because God said, only those who believe in Him, those who trust in His name, those who have a personal relationship with Him, His Son Jesus, will go to be with Him in heaven for eternity. So even if we get everything we want here on earth, if we are against God, we got nothing. That's why God is sovereign. We go to Him, we rest in Him. Why? Number one, He's all-powerful. 
Let's go with this, go, go on with the story. So in verse 12, the king said to the queen Esther, to Queen Esther, the Jews have killed and destroyed 500 men and the sons of Haman in the citadel of Susa. What have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? And then look at what the king said. Now, what is your petition? It will be given to you. So he was still asking the king and the queen, what is your request? It will also be granted. Ano ba? Ano ba mo? Are you satisfied with this? I've heard the news that they're doing this and doing that. And then the queen said, if it pleases the king, Esther answered, give the Jews in Susa permission to carry out this day's edict tomorrow also. Because they don't know. Baka today, hindi full force yung ginawa nila. Baka the next day, they will have a bigger force to attack the Jewish people. And let Haman's ten sons be impaled on poles. Pakigyan naman ka harshi queen. Because even the family of Haman were against the Jews. And not just that, they were influenced. The wife was the one who influenced Haman. Or you create the pole. Remember that? The wife was the one who influenced Haman. Malamang the sons were there. And malamang galit yung sons sa Jewish people. And malamang in the future, but everything is okay, they're gonna try to destroy the Jews once again. So sabi ni Queen Esther, can you also kill these people? Again, going against God is crazy. It's foolish. So the king commanded that this be done. An edict was issued in Susa, and they impaled the ten sons of Haman. And then, the Jews in Susa came together again on the 14th day, the second day of the month of Adar. They put to death in Susa 300 men. This is the capital, the capital of that empire. 300 men, but they did not lay their hands on the plunder. You know what I realized? They're not in for the money. They're not doing this because they're going to get something out of, from those people. They did this to protect themselves. They were ready and people attacked them. They protected themselves. And God helped them to defeat these people. You know what I realized? The reason why we need to rest in the Lord because He's all-powerful and God has the final say. So God has the final say. He's not just all-powerful. He has the final say. In other words, He has the ultimate authority. You know, some people, they think they have the final say. Maybe over their business. Maybe over this country, maybe over, you influence a lot of people and you think what you say, that really matters and then it's going to impact millions of people. You might be able to do that, but in the final analysis, God has the final say. Look at what it says in Proverbs 16. In Proverbs 16 verse 1, to humans belong the plans of the heart. We may plan. You may plan this, you may plan that, you want to be successful, you do this. But from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. He has the final say. Just like in our story. King Xerxes was the one in control. He, was, he has the most powerful army in the most powerful nation. But God influenced his heart. God allowed him to protect the Jewish people because he has the final say. All a person's ways seem pure to them. We might think it's pure. We might think our heart is right. But motives are weighed by the Lord. He sees our heart. He knows if it's right. He knows if we are deceiving ourselves, if we are lying, even if we're telling people, tama naman yung ginagawa ko eh. You know, we can justify all our actions. But only God can give us the right justification. Only God can do that. Only God can say, tama yung motive mo na. Only God can say, tama yung reason why you're doing it. It's not us. We need, kailangan mo yung bangga, yung heart mo sa word ni God. You need to align it to God's word, to what He wants us to do. And then in verse 3, commit to the Lord, since He knows our hearts, since He has the final say, 
Commit to the Lord whatever we do. Why? Because He will establish your plans. Even if you have the money that you want, you can have a problematic family. Diba? It's still not established. Some people, they want to have a lot of money so that they can provide for their family. And once they get all the money that they need, they have a very problematic family. So, hindi ka established. You might be popular, but you don't have friends. Maraming ganon. They are so popular, but they don't have genuine friends. And again, like what I mentioned earlier, you may get everything that you want here on earth. But at the final analysis, when you're dead, you're not with God in heaven. You lose your soul. So, if we want to be established, secure, we need to commit our plans to the Lord, our heart to the Lord, because He has the final say. Kaya nga, God is sovereign. We rest in Him. Why? He's all-powerful. Why? He has the final say. We may do all the plans that we want, but He has the final say. And you know what I like about Him having the final say? What He desires for us is always good. What He desires for us is perfect. Ako, I think some of you remember this story that I had plans before. I want to marry this person. I want to marry this kind of uh, girl. Gusto ko By God's grace, yung desires ko dati that were not aligned with God, hindi niya inanswer. And he had the final say. I wouldn't have a wonderful marriage now. I wouldn't be married to the most beautiful, almost perfect woman having three kids, enjoying serving God together, if yung plans ko didn't prevail. I'm glad God has the final say. Aren't you glad that God has the final say? Aren't you glad na hindi yung gusto mo dati yung nangyari? Aren't you glad hindi yung mga plano mong alam mo magiging palpak na, ngayon alam mo na magiging palpak? Aren't you glad that God really intervened? Diba? Aren't you glad na hindi sinagot lahat ng prayers mo? I'm glad that God didn't answer all my prayers. Because some of those things, I mean, God didn't answer with a yes. Some of those things were crazy. It was not aligned to Him. It was not pleasing to Him. So let's go back to the story. In Esther chapter 9, verse 16, Meanwhile, the remainder of the Jews who were in the king's provinces also assembled to protect themselves. So in Elam's the city, but in all the provinces, they protected themselves. They got relief from their enemies. Get relief from, and get relief from their enemies. They killed 75,000 of their enemies, but did not lay their hands on the plunder. Again, it was not about the money. It was not gaining goods. It was to defend themselves and to protect themselves. And God used King Xerxes. And then this happened on the 13th day of the month of Adar. The provinces, 13th day of the month of Adar. So 14th day, they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. They celebrated because they were victorious. Sa city, sa Susa, however, they had assembled on the 13th and 14th day. Because it was the city. They had more enemies there. And on the 15th day, they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. So when Mordecai saw that everything was okay, there was peace, Everyone, every Jew, every Jewish person was celebrating already. Mordecai reported these events. And he sent letters to all the Jews throughout provinces of King Xerxes, near and far. Everyone scattered all over the around, around the kingdom. To have them celebrate annually. So it wasn't just a one-day event. They are to celebrate this every year. It was not just a one-time. They were to celebrate this annually. The 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar. So during the last month, they are to celebrate. 
so as the time when the Jews got relief from their enemies, and as the month when their sorrow was turned into joy, their mourning into a day of celebration, he wrote them to observe days as days of feasting and joy, giving presents of food to one another and gifts to the poor. Could you imagine what was happening in the lives of the Jewish people when they saw the letter that they were about to be annihilated? It was the first day, of, it was the first month of the year. So they saw that letter. And then the last month of the year was the month that they're going to be annihilated. And they were relieved. They were protected. They got the rest. Imagine the next few months from the time they received the letter until that last month. Imagine the tension. Imagine, I believe some of them are still afraid. I believe some of them are still questioning, talaga ba tayo? I believe some of them were still arguing, can we just leave and move to another empire? Because we're gonna die here. Maybe some did, I don't know. I don't know what really, I don't know what happened in individual Jewish, in, in, the, in the Jewish people all over that empire. But I believe they were afraid. That's why when this happened, they got such a relief. Now, wow. We won. Wow. We have the victory. God protected us. God kept His promise. There is really rest in the Lord. And that's why they were celebrating. And that's why they are to remember this every year. These days should be remembered and observed in every generation. Not just in our time, but in every generation. By every family, in every province, in every city. And these days of Purim, this is what they call it. This celebration is called the Days of Purim should never fail to be celebrated by the Jews, nor should the memory of these, of these days die out among their descendants. And guess what? Until today, the Purim or Festival of Lots is still being practiced by the Jewish people. Until today. What is the Purim or the Festival of Lots? It's a Jewish holiday, so if you go to Israel, they still practice this up to today. That commemorates the saving of the Jewish people from Haman during the Persian Empire. It was such a celebration for the Jewish people. And you know what? This event, or this holiday that they have, is one of the most fun holidays for the Jewish people. Look at this picture. You know what they do during this festival? During that day, 14th, 15th day, or 13th, 14th, 15th day of that month, of that, of that month and that year, you know what they do? First, they will go to the synagogue. And when they go to the synagogue, it's a tradition already to them. They go to the synagogue, they will listen as the rabbi reads the story of Esther. So they will read the story of Esther, the book of Esther. So when they read it, Every time they hear the word Haman, you name me Haman, they will make a sound. They have this parang uh, sound maker, parang, uh, what do you call that? Crack, graggle yata yung nila. They will just make a sound as loud as they can to cover yung name, para hindi marinig yung name. So every time marinig yung name, Haman, gaganoon sila, mag-iingay sila. So 52 times na may mention yung name ni Haman. So every time I mention your name, they're going to shout, they're going to stomp their feet, they're going to use that gravel to make a sound to somehow cover that sound of the name of Haman. Para hindi marinig. And then after that the time in the synagogue, 
they will go out and they will have a festival. They will eat, they will drink, they will, they will have family, you know, uh, gathering, they will celebrate. They also give gifts, just like what is written in that chapter, in that book. They are going to give gifts to the poor. They have a gift basket that they're going to give to different individuals. It's a time of sharing. It's a time of celebration. And they will rejoice. Why am I sharing this? Because we can rest in the Lord. Why? Because God turns sorrow into joy. He's not just all-powerful. He's not just, uh, He doesn't just have the final say. He can also turn your sorrow, my sorrow, my challenges into a celebration. He can turn my uh, miserable state into something magnificent. He can turn my sorrow into something joyful. He can turn our lives around. And I believe a lot of you have experienced that when you gave your life to Jesus. When you trusted the Lord, when you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, a lot of you can testify from someone who had a miserable life, it was turned around. From someone who was lost, now I am found. From someone who was purposeless, now I have a purpose. From someone who doesn't have eternal life, now my eternity is secure. Who would trade that kind of life from something miserable? That's why I don't want you to trade the, what God is planning to give to you to something that is not going to give you complete joy and even eternal life. He can turn your sorrow into joy. That's why God is sovereign. What do we do? We rest in Him. Why? Because He is all-powerful. Don't go against Him. He has the final say. Even if we think, I am good, I know everything, I have great plans, He has the final say. And finally, He turns sorrow into joy. We see these things in the life of the Israelites during the time of Esther. We see these things even in lives of people. In my life, I've seen this many times. I've seen the power of God. I know He has the final say. And what He says is always good. And He has turned many times my sorrow into joy. That's why we rest in Him. I'll end with this story. I think a lot of you, you know this, uh, uh, you know this scene where I think it's in Animal Planet, where there's a, a, a baby buffalo, and he was, I think, away from the entire herd of buffaloes. And he was quite far away from there. And then there were lions lurking around because they saw that nag-iisa lang tong baby buffalo or young buffalo na to. Of course, they're gonna eat this young buffalo. Pag walang, so what happened when I was watching that, that uh, I think it was in Animal Planet, when I was watching that, so I young buffalo, and then the lions were there, lurking, slowly going near the young buffalo. And then the young buffalo noticed that there lions around. And he was so scared, he ran towards the herd. He ran towards the herd of buffaloes. And then the lions also ran after him. And while he was running, nakita from afar nung mga other buffaloes, maybe yung daddy buffalo, yung mommy buffalo, nakita na yung young buffalo was about to be attacked by the lion. So what they did, the entire herd went after, went to that boy or to that young buffalo. So sinalubong nila and they surrounded the young buffalo. 
I think you remember that, right? They surrounded the young buffalo. And then the other buffaloes were running after the lions. Siyempre, dami nila, one herd yun eh. They were trying to ram them with their horns. So as a result of that, the lions stopped that back. They pulled back. They ran away because they got scared with this number of buffaloes. Why am I sharing that? Because I saw, uh, when I was watching that video, I saw the young buffalo. When he saw the other buffalo surrounding him, he was able to lie down. He was able to rest. He was, I don't know if he's worried. I don't know how they get worried. But I believe he was able to rest. He got relief. He realized, wow, I'm safe. I'm protected. Yes, there were three lions, but they couldn't stop this big herd that we have. Why am I sharing that? Because if that young buffalo felt the relief, felt the rest, because he was protected, what more when God said that He is with us, He will protect us. Remember yung pinakita natin power ni God kanina? One of His angels can kill 185,000. At least, maybe even more. We don't know. That's how powerful God is. He wants to protect you. That's how powerful He is. He has the final say. And He can turn your sorrow into joy. That's why we go to Him and get rest in Him. And finally, I am reminded of this passage. Look at what Romans 8 says. What then shall we say in response to these things? These things. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, who can be against us? Just like the young buffalo, the lions were against him, but then the herd was there. If the herd was with him, for him, what can the lions do? He who did not spare his own son, but gave Jesus up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? How will he not provide for us if he is for us? If he gave Jesus to us to die for our sins. That's why who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall then separate us from his love? Shall trouble? No. Shall hardship? Persecution? COVID-19, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword, can any of these things separate us from His love? Can any of these things stop God from loving us? Of course, the answer is no. I am convinced, this is what Paul said, neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, whether human power, spiritual power, the demons, neither height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's why we can rest in Him. I don't know about you, but that truth of Him being sovereign gives me so much security. It gives me rest. It gives me comfort. It gives me confidence that I can live this life for Him and whatever happens around, it's not going to hurt me. It might hurt me a little bit physically. There might be some emotional pain. But it's nothing compared to His love, comfort, His power. And the end, at the end of everything else, there is absolute security because He is with me. What's our message? God is sovereign. Rest in Him.
I don't know how this message is spoken to you. But as we end this series, before we pray, I want to give you this challenge. Some of you don't have that rest because you don't have God in your life. You don't have Jesus. So my challenge to you, humble yourself. Today might be the day that you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That you need to take Him seriously. That you need to follow Him all the days of your life. I'm going to lead you in a prayer in a while. But I also want to challenge a lot of you who are believers. You have a personal relationship with Jesus. I want to remind you that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Some of you are worried, I know. Some of you are down emotionally. Uh, you're feeling heaviness in your heart. And because of what's happening, there's so much uncertainty. But remember that you can rest in the Lord. Come to Him. He's just waiting. And He promised to give you rest. Take His yoke upon you. Learn from it. And you will find rest in your souls. Remember that God is a powerful God. Remember that He has the final say. He can turn our sorrow into joy. And we can find rest in Him. Can we pray? Let's pray. Father God, I just want to pray for a couple of uh, two groups of people here today. First group I want to pray for, Lord, I just want to lead some of these people who doesn't have a relationship with you in prayer. So if you're that person and you want to have a personal relationship with Jesus, you can pray something like this. Jesus, I'm really sorry for all my sins. I know I have been living my life thinking, thinking that what I know is what's right. But today, Jesus, I realize that you are sovereign, that you are all-powerful. You have the final say, and you can turn my sorrow into joy. So it's crazy to go against you. That's why today, Jesus, I humble myself. I receive you in my heart. Please be my Lord and be my Savior. From now on, I want to follow you all the days of my life. For the second group of people that I want to pray for, Lord, a lot of the people here, they have a personal relationship with you, but somehow we are so not rested. We worry, we're frustrated, we're angry, we're anxious. There's no purpose. We are afraid. Lord, I ask that you forgive us because you command us to rest in you. You command us to come to you. Please teach us what it really means to go to you all the days of our life, to learn from you. doesn't mean that we're not going to have problems, but as we go through these dark valleys, especially this season right now, please help us be reminded that you are with us, that you are all powerful, that you are for us, that what you say will happen, and you can turn every difficult situation into a blessing. That's why we come to you in absolute humility. Help us, dear God. Thank you for that assurance that nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate us from your love. We love you dearly, Lord. We give you all glory. We give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you guys for joining us. And again, God bless you all. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to stay connected with you, so make sure to subscribe to our podcast or connect with an Elevate group through our website. See you at our next podcast!